Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. I'm a certified life and success coach, wellness junkie, career writer, keynote speaker, mentor, serial entrepreneur, and big time dreamer. My podcast is for the self-love junkie, the creative hustler type with the big heart, spiritually curious dreamers and believers out there who want to tap into their own magic. This podcast is for you if you want to tune out the noise and tune into your heart. Time to say no to what's not aligned and say yes to what your soul craves. Grab the microphone, Rockstar, because when you are your own muse, you are unstoppable. Hey muses, I wanted to circle back and update you all on something that I talked about last year in 2019. So this was like right before 2020, before shit hit the fan. I think this was fall of 2019. Um, I made a podcast episode called Are Your Energy Levels Not Where They Used To Be? And in this episode, I talk about my own health journey. I didn't go super far or deep into it um because I was a little shy of sharing the details um I really wanted I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me I didn't want to be low vibe I didn't want to worry anybody but the reality is that back in November of 2019 if you followed me back then um think of this as like back when I had long hair so I had long hair um I lost my hair because of adrenal fatigue so I am not a doctor I actually probably should be talking to a couple specialists right now to kind of ensure that everything is okay. I really should have actually done that a year ago. Um, but I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail um, in this episode. But I wanted to give you guys an update and I wanted to give you a couple of takeaways from this in your own health. So in short, in 2019, in the summer and fall, my hair started to fall out. Um, I started, I, I looked back on old posts and old stories because you can look back on your stories as far as two years ago on Instagram. Go check it out. It's interesting. Um, anyhow, I started to feel very bad. I mean, I'm calling it what it is. I think I put it in like fluffier terms. I was like, oh, my energy is being drained. Um, I shared in my my podcast episode about luxury and poverty trauma. I stopped eating because I was, I just like stopped eating. <laughs> um, I wasn't drinking enough water. Um, I was living in DC, which is a city that I've heard a couple dermatologists and a couple health, health experts say that if you live in a city, you're at higher risk of intaking pollution. So pollution gets on your skin. Um, you know, the water might be more polluted. I can't really speak to that. I'm just kind of reflecting on what I've heard kind of around. Around this time, it was very interesting. Um, it was very interesting because I don't know if you guys heard that my neighbor owns like a motor motorbike and he just like vroom, vroom, vrooms around. This is what I have to deal with. So anyway, um, so as I was saying, um, I didn't really share a lot of details because there is so much speculation and like one doctor might say this and another doctor will say that and like it's just so overwhelming. So I was dealing with chronic fatigue 
my mental health was plummeting fast. Usually when my uh, mental health kind of goes up and down because I'm pretty open about my um, struggles with mental health and depression. Um, I, when I usually have some, some signs, like some, some signs that my mental health is, is like, okay, this is where I start to get kind of sad, or this is where I kind of start to have some negative self-talk. This was plummeting very quickly. I mean, my hair was falling out. Like, what else can I say? That's never happened to me before. Um, at the ripe age of 26, um, I was actually 25 at the time that my hair started falling out. Uh, so, (laughs) Um, I had a hard time sleeping. I was exhausted all the time. Um, I, it was really, really hard. You guys, like I, I put on a brave face, but it really sucked. Um, I had a hard time exercising anytime I would exercise and like, I love exercising. Like in 2018 and 2017, people were constantly telling me like I'm their body goals, which I mean, is very flattering. I don't really ever felt like I've had like a super hot body, but like strangers on the internet telling you like, you know, you're so amazing. You look so strong. You look so flexible. You look so healthy. You're glowing because I did have a consistent workout routine. Um, when I lived in DC, I actually worked at a, um, spin studio. Uh, I currently own a Peloton bike. Like I'm not afraid to work out. I used to have a membership at orange theory. Um, I talked all about that in my, um, episode about diet culture. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, but I've never had a fear of working out ever, ever, ever in my life. Was I ever afraid to work out? I've always loved going to the gym. I've had a positive relationship with my body. I mean, we've been working on it, but like, I've never been afraid to work out. So I found that working out felt like as soon as I got on that treadmill or I started picking up those weights or whatever, I felt like pins and needles in my whole body. It's like my whole body was like, stop, 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 stop. I hate this, Um, which was new. It was a new sensation for me. Um, I would find any excuse to not go outside. I just felt like I did not have the energy for the outdoors, Um, which was interesting because I moved from one apartment in DC that was like very, very central in Adams Morgan, if you're familiar. It's like very central. There was like, you'd step outside. It was like a lot of cars. I lived next to a very busy intersection. Um, I live where I live. There was like always broken glass all around, Uh, just like a city. You know what I mean? Like just the thick of the city. Um, And uh, where I moved was off near the wharf. So there was like a body of water. There was a duck pond near where I lived. There was more grass. It was like near a park. It was just so beautiful. And I just found that even though that's like exactly what I manifested and actually what I wanted, there's also a pool. So there was a pool. And if it was open, like the deck was open, there was like outdoor seating areas. Like it was really just a manifestation of what I wanted. And I found myself just like dreading going outside and, um, because if you're outside, I couldn't predict how exhausted I would feel and how soon. Um, it was really, really, really hard. Um, I, w- I had a hard time eating. I felt like I had no appetite, but I was like, st- um, like so hungry at the same time. Like I just started dealing with all these weird symptoms um, that didn't feel normal. So I was in and out of the nurse's office a lot as a kid because I had a stomach ache, but in reality it was like anxiety Um, (laughs) or I was hungry because I didn't eat anything. Um, But this was like, this felt different. Something was going on and my skin lost its glow. Oh, I also started gaining, I don't, I don't know if it was, I was gaining weight or just gaining inflammation, but 
something in my body changed. Like I was getting so inflamed. I was teaching yoga at this time and I noticed that I was losing flexibility. And sometimes I would teach a yoga class. Um, I would teach a yoga class. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with the style of yoga that I used to teach, it was very high energy. It was like, there was cardio, there was strength training. Um, there was like, usually I would incorporate some, some, you know, challenging postures. I loved pushing my students so much, but it felt like my body, like every time it felt like I was putting, when I would teach this class, it felt like I was putting on this show and I was sacrificing my health to do it. So at the end of class, I would walk, I walked to work to teach yoga. Um, I would walk back feeling like I was like limping sometimes. Like I just felt like my legs couldn't carry me. And I, I felt like I just dishonored my body for that whole hour of teaching to put aside, um, my own, like my own health. And it was really, really hard. Like it just, every day it got worse. And like, I never knew what was going on. I started getting really deep under eye circles and I had no passion for my business. Absolutely not. But I kept taking clients because I needed the money. Um, I kept putting myself out there, but there was like that no like zhuzh, you know, like no genuine passion. And I felt so nostalgic for those times that I just like felt like my passion carried me. It was really, really, really hard. <laughs> and for me personally, and I mean, I'm going to be personal here. When quarantine happened and like COVID started happening, there was this part of me that was like relieved. I was like, I just get to rest and like things are closed and like, I just get to, st- I get an excuse, even though I did like stay at home anyway, like I just get this excuse to stay home and recuperate. And like, um, Evan has family in Richmond and we were in DC, Richmond, Virginia, which if you're not familiar is two hours South of Washington, DC, Evan has friends and family in Richmond. We would just go and drive and visit them a lot. And I felt like every time we did that, I felt exhausted it was just like even though it's only a two-hour drive but something about it I just I felt so tired every time we did it but I loved seeing his family and I loved seeing Richmond I really do love that city but I was just tired man like I I I mean how many times am I gonna say it like I've said it a million times already um I I was resisting so much and the things that I had in 2018 I felt like my life was just like boundless pleasure. Like I was traveling so much and I was teaching yoga. I got yoga certified. I started life coaching. My copywriting business started picking up. Like that year was just such a good year for me. And in 2019, I felt like it was taken from me. Like my health was taken from me. I didn't have the energy to maintain my friendships anymore. I didn't have the energy to really do much. So when when COVID hit, I was like, Whew, I get this pass. Like I really just get to like stay inside. And the talk of nurturing your health was so exciting to me. Everyone being like, stay safe, you know, take care of yourself, be at home. I mean, there's also a lot of, you know, turmoil happening and a lot of controversy and stuff like that. Yes, you know, that's for sure. And I actually have another episode coming out where I talk about how what quarantine triggered in me um like how it triggered me and how I overcame that um because it was really just kind of a hard time for me um 
all of us, right? <laughs> but there was like this part of me that was just super, super, super relieved. Um, so, 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 so. <sighs> just taking a deep breath really quick. Um, yeah, super relieved. <laughs> um, and then Evan and I moved in with my parents. I tell the story, I think, in other podcasts. But in short, the story is that, um, you know, COVID hit, Evan and I were in this city, uh, our lease ended, um, Evan got, Evan's, uh, graduated, you know, the school year ended for Evan, um, and we didn't really know what to do, and I did not feel lit up or excited about living in DC anymore, especially during a global pandemic, especially when there was nothing keeping us there anymore, like, nothing, there was nothing to look forward to for me, I couldn't even see my friends, it's not like, oh, I have to see this person one more time, it's like a a global pandemic just hit, and we don't know what we're doing, Um, you know, I had to cancel my retreat, I just like, I don't, I, I'm, there was just so much uncertainty. I wasn't sure how long this was going to last. I wasn't sure how this was going to affect my income. I wasn't sure how it was going to affect Evan. So, um, Evan and I moved in with my parents in Las Vegas while this kind of blows over. Evan found a really, really good job here. So I guess we're here at least for the school year, um, because Evan's a math teacher. So anyway, now I'm here and I have been able to just like very selflessly, take care of my selfishly sorry selfishly take care of my health um I haven't been going all out as much as I'd like to but I want to share with you guys of like what was going on maybe you're going through something similar um and kind of what I learned from this and what I'm doing about it so last fall it was literally on Halloween Uh, my hair had already fallen out I had already shaved my head I was serious about finding some help. Um, so I, <laughs> I, um, went to a doctor's office in DC, uh, called Forward Health. I think they have a couple chapters in other cities or locations or whatever you want to call them. Um, but they're like a higher tech doctor's office that you pay a monthly fee and you can go and see your doctor. It includes any tests that they run on you. I thought it was a great deal. You pay a hundred dollars and you can text, nurse practitioners and doctors as well. So um, you can go see a doctor as many times as you want for like a monthly fee of a hundred, I think it's $150. So I thought that that was like the best option for me. Um, I went to a doctor, they pulled my blood and he said that there was nothing wrong with me. He said that my cholesterol was really high, but um, I, uh, I, but I, I don't, I don't know. I know that's hereditary. Like I know that all the people in my family have high cholesterol no matter what. So that's just like kind of, it just is. <laughs> um, but um, so he said that there was like nothing that he could see that was wrong, but he was like, you know, get back to me um, on like, you know, check in with me. Um, he gave me a 23andMe genetics test to take. So he was like, so we can get some more background information on you. Um, I came home with the 23andMe genetics testing kit and Evan literally was like, no, throw that away because they apparently like sell your data to insurance companies so that they can raise your rates or something. Like if you are predispositioned for certain diseases, then insurance companies know and then they charge you. Uh, extra. They raise your rates because of that information and they are totally allowed to do that. So I didn't do the 23andMe. Um, I'm kind of curious, but whatever. Um, (laughs) um, So that doctor's office really didn't help. I've met on the internet several times since then these like private holistic 
doctors, some have MDs, some are nutritionists, some don't, but they like work for themselves, which I think is beautiful that like a doctor can do that to, to just say like, I don't want to work and take insurance anymore. I don't want to work in a hospital. I want to work, um, for myself and I want to be a cowboy, like a lone ranger out on the internet. Uh, that's essentially what I've done. Like, I don't want, I didn't want to be a writer for somebody else. I wanted to be a cowboy. So I totally respect that. Um, however, their rates are typically, if you ever find these kinds of doctors on the internet who like help and they often are able to order a wide variety of tests because they're not hunched over by insurance companies. I used to work in medical billing and administration. And I know that insurance companies are looking over doctors' shoulders constantly, basically kind of manipulating what they can and can't do. And doctors are at their mercy. I mean, I, I'm, I might be butchering this. I might not have it exactly right. But from my perspective in medical billing and like patient, patient, patient advocacy is that um, doctors are basically at the mercy of insurance companies because insurance companies are offering affordability to clients – who are paying into this insurance system. And um, so do- so basically, uh, doctors want patients to have insurance. <laughs> I'm basically like breaking down the whole insurance deal to you right now. Um, doctors want patients to come and insurance is an incentive for that because it makes it more affordable. I mean, you could argue that it doesn't, but um, you know, it, it seems more accessible to come in and pay zero, 10, 60, 50, a hundred dollars for a copay versus whatever $10,000 that it would actually be because the doctors are highly educated. There's a lot of very expensive technology that's used, um, a lot of expensive tests, a lot of, a lot going on there. Um, and insurance companies kind of make this a more affordable thing for, for the patients. Um, so doctors are really held with their hands tied at the mercy of insurance companies. And I saw it when I worked in medical billing, a lot of doctors in my area were just not taking insurance anymore. Um, they were just like, nope, not going to do that anymore. It's going to be a hundred, 200, $500 a session, but then I can give the best care for my patient instead of having to kind of walk and talk the talk that my insurance company wants. That's a whole other side note, but you'll see that there's more freelance, like going rogue doctors out there. And I always wanted to hire one. I always wanted to hire one that would, um, that was like well-rested and like not taking 70 patients a day, you know, and not just like writing a prescription because uh, doctors who take prescription or who take insurance have to prescribe you something. I used to work in medical billing. I know they have to give you a prescription. They can't just get, offer you a lifestyle change. They can make recommendations for sure. Like maybe get more sleep, maybe eat more leafy greens and get vitamin C, um, but they can't they they you they can't let you leave without giving you a uh, a prescription. So, fun fact, there's that. Um, I've always wanted to hire one because I've heard that they can order a full panel of like thyroid, adrenal, like um, all these types of tests that I was doing research about online. Um, they offer those, and the one, doctors like in a traditional physician's office might not necessarily. And I just always found that super, super fascinating. Um, I would love to like talk to a cowboy doctor, but their rates are like usually $2,000 a month. Um, and that is accessible to some people. It was not to me at the time. So I did with what I could and it just became, so honestly, 
it just became too difficult for me. Like, I just saw this as, like, too expensive, too hard, too much, too selfish. Like, I'm getting by, right? Like, I'm not... I'm not dying, you know? I mean, in a way I was. I was definitely like slowly dying. Um, but th- thanks to, I never thought I would say this, but thanks to the pandemic, thanks to Evan and I moving to Las Vegas and just like allowing myself to get more sunshine, allow myself to go outside without having to like wear shoes because I have a front yard and a backyard. So there was something in DC about like going outside, um, going outside to, and to like, I don't know, like, that That was such an ordeal for me, because I, would, like, had to put on shoes, and I, like, went out onto the street where there was, like, buses and people and motorcycles and bikes, and now, like, I just live in the suburbs, I can just go outside and, like, feel that peace and, like, feel that sense of stillness, but in D.C., it was just, like, so ungrounded, and, like, I just, I didn't have the tools at the time to deal with that, um, especially, 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 I was opening up energetic portals. I was, I was tapping into my psychic gifts. I was learning about, um, all these, these things like the energetic body that we learned about in yoga. And I was learning about in Reiki and like all this stuff. And, you know, if you're an intuitive person, if you're an empathetic person, sometimes you just walk down the street and pass another human and you feel like you absorb their feelings. That's how I felt all the time in DC. That's why leaving the house was so fucking hard it was really really just like traumatizing to leave my house and like absorb all that dc was taking on and i didn't have the tools to to clean myself and i was getting more and more inflamed and i was getting more stressful and i um you know moved to vegas and i actually some some people reached out to me so some of you know this some of you might not but when i moved to like basically when kind of quarantine happened even a little bit sooner before that, like when I started to get really sick, I stopped showing up online. I just, I didn't have the energy. I didn't have creative ideas. I didn't have anything. I just, I ran out. I, I've depleted. And so a couple people messaged me after a few months being like, Hey, where are you? I miss you. Like, you know, where's your smile? I don't see you smiling anymore. And cause I was sick. I was so sick. I, took client calls from my bed I would work like one hour and then stop and I just like couldn't I would sometimes I would have deadlines and I would be like crying in my bed during that deadline um because I I had to get it done and like it hurt to type and just so much pain in my body um and I can say fast forward to now I feel so much better I feel, I don't know exactly what happened. Nobody like, you know, cut me open and pointed like, ah, here's the problem. Like I never got that satisfaction, but I feel so much better. Um, what I can say, what I think it is, is one, it was the nutrition, of course, um, for sure. I was not eating well. I was always too scared to eat how I really wanted to eat. So when I was in 20, in 2018, when I was doing a lot of yoga teacher training, I was teaching a lot of yoga. I was, um, I was like just hip and happening. Like I was coaching. I was doing so much. I found that a really good and effective nutrition for me was like high protein, high vegetable, high fiber, high fat, low carb. Like that to me was like, that was the sweet spot. And it was so exciting for me because 
I found so many recipes online that fit my lifestyle. Um, I made my own food. Like I would make my own tortillas. I would make my own bread. I would make my own, I made my own chicken pot pie once. I made the crust. Like it felt so satisfying to make these things with like almond flour and like cassava flour. And I just felt like, like, like so crafty and grounded. I felt like a, like a God, you know, <laughs> that was the joke I always made. Like I just made this bread with my hands like a God. <laughs> it was so satisfying to me. Um, and then I decided somewhere along the way that that lifestyle was too expensive, right? I talk about this in my uh, podcast episode about poverty and luxury, like poverty, trauma, and luxury. That like I always told my like I would stop eating because I had this like this fear of taking up space and taking food from the fridge and like someone else was not going to have it. It was so weird. Um, and it didn't help me at all. And like just something like snapped and I just stopped eating and. I told myself like eating healthy was too expensive and just a mess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so now that I'm here and like I have the support of my family, um, I have my mom, um, I have my dad, you know, I'm, I'm here, I have Evan. Uh, it's just like easier to get in the car, like get in the driveway, right? Like I don't have to park six blocks away anymore and like parallel park in a tight spot anymore. Like I can get in the car and drive away. And uh, go to the grocery store and, like, fill up my car with good food. Um, Because that was the other thing was in D.C. um, A lot of times we would walk to the grocery store. Because why would you bother driving when you could just walk because you live in the city? Um, And I I, I got into my head that, like, anything you buy, you have to carry back. Um, So I... I would like stop buying so much food. I would get like the bare minimum. Like it was just weird. Like I started picking up all this like disordered eating habits. Um, Like I would go grocery shopping and then I'd come back and Evan would be like, what did you even get? Um, And at the same time, I was still gaining weight. It's not like I was losing weight or anything like that. I was like gaining, I was like inflaming a lot. Like my face was getting so inflamed and my joints were getting inflamed. And ugh, like, I mean, you get the picture by this point. Um, so now that I'm here in Las Vegas, I'm able to like relax and get sunshine and be outside. Like it's December now. It's like almost the middle of December and there's still sunshine out here. Like it's a little chilly, but there's still sunshine. And like, I think that's been so good for my spirit. Um, but I want to share with you like what I really feel like went wrong. Um, what I feel, I am no doctor. I am, I am, I don't know. (laughs) And if any of you out there are doctors and you have some input, like, you know, hit, hit your girl up. Um, but I've heard the same things like a million times. I've heard adrenal fatigue. I've heard thyroid issues. Um, I've heard anxiety, you know, I've heard a lot. Um, so, uh, people always ask me how my periods are. My periods are normal. They've always been normal. I've never skipped any. Um, but also as a vulnerable share, I'm also dealing with infertility right now. Um, that's pretty personal to share, but I'm, I've told a lot of people already, um, dealing with some infertility currently, but my periods are normal. So it's like a mystery. It's like, you know, people always, when I tell them this, they're like, Oh, what are your periods like? Um, and then I'm like, Oh, they're normal. <laughs> Cause they're expecting me to be like, Oh, they're late or Oh, they're whatever. I'm not going to talk about periods right now, but, um, 
yeah. So that's like another symptom as I read somewhere that like when your body is under stress, the first system to kind of get the axe is your, your fertility system. Um, so that's conducive that something is not right here. Um, so anyway, um, after getting some sunshine and after getting some relaxation, um, I'm feeling better. Um, I'm feeling so much better. So, okay. 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 I'll stop dilly-dallying. What I think went wrong here is there was so much I was I was not in the practice of clearing my energy. Meaning I had I I stopped journaling. I stopped um exercising for fun, right? Like exercise at the time I taught yoga and that was for me a way of um making money. Like that was just like kind of a means to an end. It was like an obligation I had because I signed up to it was a means to an end. So anyway, <laughs> um, it was not joyful for me anymore. Um, I didn't do too much to clear my energy. I I said this, I think I said this. Yeah, I said this in my episode with about um, poverty trauma. <laughs> uh, a lot of cross references to that episode in this one. But I talked about how I had a very poor relationship with anger. I never allowed myself to express my anger. I never punched anything or like, you know, let it out. I never, you know what I mean? I didn't have a lot of vices. Um, I think during quarantine, just like maybe all of us, I don't want to speak for everybody and project, but I, um, I drank a lot during quarantine and drinking can be fun for sure, but you're not actually dealing with anything and you're not actually moving any energy. You're really just kind of like clouding it. Um, and you're, you're, you're kind of taking a break from dealing with it, but you're not actually clearing any energy in your body. So like, you know, doing yoga might not be solving your problems. You might not be like going out and making moves <laughs> and making decisions, but it is in a way in your body clearing your energy. I see these practices like yoga and breath work, um, tapping, emotional freedom technique, tapping. Um, I see all of those taking a walk in nature, um, being around animals like Reiki, all those things are a way of clearing energy, um, a way of rearranging the, the soul, right? Right. Like clearing what, what blocks us and, and putting it out into the world and like letting it be recycled by mother nature. Drinking, not so much. Um, drinking is just kind of like putting, hitting the pause button on your problems. Um, and some would argue that it makes it worse. Um, so there's that. Um, I was not clearing my energy, and there are a lot of, like, there's a stereotype. I talked about this with my friend Natalie about the stereotype that, like, oracles, tarot card readers, psychics, you know, Reiki people will also smoke or they'll drink or they will be overweight or um, they will, like, be visibly aging or something. They won't take care of themselves because when you are taking on other people's energy... And you're not doing as much to take care of yourself. You are essentially um, taking on other people's energy, like taking on other people's problems. And it will gradually wear you down. So that's why people talk about boundaries and like setting loving boundaries and like clearing your energy and not being so accessible to everyone all the time or having an equal energy exchange. That's where charging your worth comes in. That's where, um, you know, charging your rates and like 
letting yourself be taken care of and be in luxury because when you are taking on another person's energy, when you are taking care of another person, you are taking on a load and you are taking on their problems, their spiritual, energetic, emotional, physical problems, and it is wearing away at you. It is it is aging you, but people want to do it because they have gifts and because it's good and it's fun and it's financially fruitful. I mean, I think that's great. I mean, that's what I do. Um, but when I took on so many clients and I was not clearing my energy, I was not cutting cords, I was not, you know, protecting myself because I I just thought it was like stupid and I thought it, I didn't think it was stupid, but I was like, I thought it was like not necessary or like not important or I basically just didn't value myself at that high level. Um, so I continued to not do so, but then I was wondering like, why do I feel so bad? And I didn't choose every day to be my like best, most embodied self. I felt like, I think I told somebody once that every time I step outside in DC, it felt like I was being attacked by a swarm of bees energetically. It just felt like I was bombarded by everybody else's problems. Um, and by them even just being near me, <laughs> which is like not fair to me. Like that's how you start to kind of go a little crazy when you open up this portal and you just, if you're feeling this, like I really want you to take great care of yourself. Um, if you feel like there's a diet you should be on and I say diet, I just mean like kind of food choice. Like, you know, you feel better when you eat this way versus that way. Um, you know, it can be hard because I remember being in um, college and having a meal plan and the meal plan, like what the, the, like, uh, if you're familiar, I mean, in college, there's like a prepaid meal plan and the college offers food and you can use your meal plan for dining on campus. And I remember the meal plan, not being very, like having a lot of healthy options, not having a lot of delicious, healthy options. Um, and so sometimes I'd go to the grocery store just so I could like make a salad at home or something like that, or going out to eat, going to sweet green or, or Chipotle or Cava or something like that to have healthier food. But I always felt so guilty doing it. And I would be like, no, no, no. Like if it's more affordable option, that must be the right one. Um, and I'm telling you that's not necessarily true. Um, and that also is in alignment with my luxury and poverty trauma episode. Just go listen to that episode because it's so it's so on point with this one that like the luxury of feeling good, the luxury of taking care of yourself. Um, I started seeing these things like getting massages and going into saunas and getting cryotherapy. Those are things that I do regularly now because I know that self-care is not a luxury. It's like such a necessary, like it's such a need. I've already been through feeling sick and feeling like my body's full of toxicity and my energy's not being clear. So now I just take damn good care of myself. I mean, I'm still, I'm still struggling a little bit. Like, I mean, there's definitely tweaks where I need to catch myself in the moment and be like, oh, <laughs> um, oh, I, uh, wow, okay, I, I need to, I, I caught myself thinking this way. Um, it's not this like light switch that you turn on and everything's great. It really is a practice. It really is like a gradually, gradual over the days um, shift that you have to be so mentally present for. And you are more mentally present when you feel healthy. Like take it from me. 
Um, so that's pretty much it. If you are listening to this, I want you to have that takeaway that you, every little decision you make to step away from your most like abundant timeline, as my friend Natalie says, like to step away from your healthiest, most vibrant self, every step you take that's not towards it is a step away from it. And you don't have to like, you know, go out and get an expensive spa package right now. Um, You don't have to hire a private chef or a private yoga teacher or anything like that. Like there are small little steps you can take right now. Um, I actually shared an Instagram reel this morning about one where I put my headphones in and I go for a walk before anything. Like that to me has been so good for my self-care, so good for my mental health, um, just so much. And like choosing different beliefs. And also um, a cord cutting exercise is you can literally just like do it with your hands. If you need that like tactile physical experience or if you just want to visualize it, just like visualize yourself cutting um, a cord with scissors between you and another person. And this is a whole other conversation that that's for us, like a whole other podcast episode to talk about cord cutting, um, to talk about, um, to talk about like, like, like you're not, you're not selfish. You're not hurt. You're not hurting somebody by cord cutting you are cleaning the energy between the two like a mother can cut cords between her baby and that doesn't mean that she hates her baby and she's not gonna take care of her baby it just means that she is refreshing the energy between the two the same way that when you go to the doctor or you go to like any um you know you get any kind of appointment and they have equipment that they use like uh i think of like oh getting a tattoo like they clean the needle they clean the bed or the the chair like they wipe everything down especially now with covid at the hotel i was just that they sprayed the counter down in between clients um people who approach the front desk they would spray it down um that's what you're doing essentially with your energy. Um, it's not offensive for a tattoo artist to switch out a needle in between patients, clients, whatever. Um, it's good. It's to be expected. Um, and I make a habit now between phone calls, between client calls, between tasks, between podcast episodes, whatever I do to just like, I will literally just put my hands on my chest and just like sweep. I don't know if you can hear that. Like I'll just sweep my shirt and I'll like brush my shoulders and just like envision myself like coming back into my own body. Um, I also take baths with Epsom salt basically every day. I'm probably, I'm putting my body in water like every day because to me something about being in the water is very cleansing um I visualize the energy um swirling down the tub (laughs) um I actually got this really potent bath salt kit um I don't there it's it's a little bit pricey so I don't get it very often I think it's like 16 dollars a kit um it comes with a tea bag an exfoliant glove and a bag of of salts I don't know exactly what were in the bath salts um something high grade. The brand is called Chrysalis, I think. It's like homemade, handmade in Los Angeles area. I don't know if Los Angeles proper, but I ordered them online and I I tried that and I swear I felt the instruction said to like drink the tea, like the detox tea along with taking the bath. And just like I could visually see the things I was letting go. Like my body was working so hard to 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 like 
drains the energy. It, it said something in the like manual that it like pulls out toxicity like a magnet and like stagnant energy. I felt like I was just a like smaller, not smaller, but like like a layer was being peeled off of me. Like a new version of me was coming through and I just felt whew, like so refreshed and so good. And um, I think also the water was I mean I wasn't super dirty I wasn't normal like I mean I was sitting at home in my sweats all day the water was like gray and um on their Instagram page they said to expect that um that like expect this like a coloration in the water because it pulls out like what you don't see um and I saw that like swirling down the tub so I like get that visual like every time I cleanse my body I do so with like love and light and I tell my body I'm proud of her. I tell her I love her. I tell her she's working so hard and like her efforts are so appreciated. Um, and yeah, <laughs> um, I just, I just visualize that like this is for my highest good. And I can't say that like I'm all back like how I was in 2018. Um, I definitely gained uh, probably about 30 pounds during quarantine. Um, I lost significant flexibility. Um, I'm working with myself in a new way. It feels like I have a new body. Um, the way that I've heard a lot of women describe um, uh, when they talk about having kids and like how their body just feels different afterwards. I've never been pregnant. I've never had kids. But I can imagine that this is like somewhat of what they feel um, <laughs> is just like a new body that you're like, who are you? You're a stranger to me. Um, and so I can't just like pick up my old power yoga practice. I can't just like go jogging. You know, it's not for me. It's not a willpower thing. It's like inside energetically, my body is craving restoration not just sleep like I don't want to just sleep all day but like it's craving restoration so like um yoga like restorative yoga um and finding ways to do that despite there being a pandemic because to me a yoga studio signing up for a yoga studio was always the best incentive um for me to show up but now like I mean I just feel like I don't have a lot of space to do so uh <laughs> uh to do so really um but finding that and like honoring that and um like I said I have a Peloton and like how do I use that Peloton regularly and like get my joy out of it and love it um without going hard on like those hit classes or those like endurance classes or whatever like I don't need to do that to see results in fact I actually feel better and feel more in tune with my body and feel stronger after a low impact ride the ones that are made for like people who recovered from an injury I don't really know what's going on with my body I hope to update you guys you know maybe a year from now I'll say like oh my god it was this and I feel so much better and like I'm cured um it's subtle. And I mean, I wonder how many people out there feel the way I do now or the way I did in 2019 and just kind of shrug it off and are like, oh, whatever. Like, it just is like, you know, we, we get to feel good. And I, I find that like there's just this door that opens when we pay attention to our health and we pay attention to how we feel and the like the energy we carry around with us. Um, we we pay attention we like when we pay attention to that like there's just a gift that we're given in return and we have to take action first before we really see it um but i just i just know that to be so true 
Um, and I'm tinkering with what that looks like for me. And I want you to tinker with what that feels like for you. It doesn't need that you need to go all into like kale and kombucha and chia seeds tomorrow and like become a hot yoga fiend today. Like there really is a personalized experience because that is what it used to look like for me when I was, um, getting all into this stuff, quote unquote, this stuff, like yoga teaching and eating healthy. Like I went vegan and I did hot yoga all the time. And like I went running and I drank coconut water and like I just did all those things. And now I'm finding that's not necessarily always my truth. Like I can't just hot yoga my problems away. Um, And I think that like my higher self here really wants me, like your higher self is connected to the universe, universal truth, God, angels, whatever you resonate with. Um, Your higher self is guiding you, is nudging you. And I think my higher self wants me to do this in the most aligned way for me and for everyone around me, instead of just like picking up that hot new sexy trend that everyone is doing and like blast my my fat away because I know that I'm beyond that. Um, I know that we don't need to go to the gym to burn calories. I know that food isn't calories in, calories out. I know that there's so much more to that. Um, and I'm just tinkering with what that looks like. Um, I'm beyond like snatching up a label like keto whole 30 whole 30 paleo vegan i don't have anything against those particular lifestyles but i really feel like my higher self is guiding me to forge my own path here and that's where be your own muse comes in like that lesson just keeps coming back that's why i named my podcast this that's why like that's been my whole brand and my whole vision is be your own muse because like it always comes back to me just being like, oh, what's this person doing? And how is this doctor going to save me? And what what is Gwyneth Paltrow like peddling these days? Like, how can I fix myself? And I'm my intuition is pushing me back, 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 be your own muse, like figure this out for yourself, share your story along the way and tell other people to do the same. And so here I am. And I hope that you got something from this. Um, If anything today, like what is one micro change it doesn't need to be drastic I think there is like this culture especially among millennials to like quit your job move across the country block the boy you know dump this throw that away like such such like I call it Kali energy goddess Kali (laughs) um like you know she sure she's the goddess of destruction like come in kill them all like and there's a time for that but just know that that's not necessarily what you need to be doing um you know there is a such thing as subtle subtle creation and tinkering the analogy i always say in my courses is like come up with a science experiment and just tinker a tiny little variable um when I was a student and an intern in psychology experiments, because I was a psychology major in, in at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, I would intern on these psychology experiments. And if something wasn't going the way that uh, the 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 you know the owner of the project wanted, they wouldn't throw the whole thing away, change their name you know, change majors, move across the country. Maybe they wanted to sometimes, but they would just change something so subtle about their experiment. And your life, your health, it's an experiment. I always say it's a game. It just gets to be fun and you get to approach it with like this childlike curiosity of what would it look like if I tinkered around here? You know, what would it look like if I um, played with this or that? What would it look like if I... um change like one tiny variable like the changes in these psychological experiments would be so subtle like the age of a participant the color shirt they were wearing um 
you know, what was on the uh, consent form. It was so simple all the time. And I think that you get to apply that to your own same life. So if it's like, you know, you don't need to, you know, go vegan and throw away all your junk food. It's like, if, I mean, you can, if you want, definitely, if that's in your highest excitement, like, please do. Um, However, if it's like playing around with the time of day that you eat, again, I am no doctor and I highly can like suggest that you consult with an expert, do your own research because I think consulting with an expert is not always accessible to everybody. So I don't want to just say like consult an expert, but like really I do see the value in doing so. I wish that I consulted with experts sooner. Um, but I, um, I, I like, you know, tap into your intuition, go with your gut, do research and know that it does not have to be such a drastic change. I used to actually have chronic, chronic migraines all the time. I would get, I would get one about every two weeks. Um, I actually haven't had one in years. So go me, I must be doing something right. Um, but what helped me a lot was taking, was, um, writing down a food journal. I would keep a journal of everything that I ate that day. And I would notice that like, okay, certain orders of food would trigger my migraine. Like if I have coffee before food, it would trigger a migraine. But if I had food first, then coffee, then not so bad. Um, water before anything in the morning. And now it's just like, it's like on autopilot for me. Like it's just a lifestyle. I don't have to really think like, Oh, do I? Oh, can I? Can I exercise at this time? Like, if I ex, depending on the time of day that I would exercise, and depending on like what I ate before, would trigger a migraine. It was like so annoying. Um, and now I'm like, okay, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so play around with that. Be your own muse, guys. Like, look whatever inspires someone else about you. Like, you know, dive in and look for the same. Really, that's all that I want for you. So thank you for listening. Um, Share your takeaways with me. Feel free to screenshot this. Tag me at Funky Aphrodite. Share with a friend if you got something from this. This is just like, I just want you guys to take all the medicine you need from this. Leave what didn't resonate behind. Thank you so much. I love you.